Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. It is Friday or Friday, and we are preparing for the weekend, which I can tell you for one, I am totally excited about having a weekend that is. <laughs> and because the weekend looks to have some beautiful weather attached to it for us here, this is wonderful. So I hope wherever you are, that you're going to have an awesome weekend as well. Well, we begin the day with a news story that I just heard. I hadn't heard about it earlier, and I don't know the details yet about what happened and when, but I hear that Prince Philip from the United Kingdom has passed away. He'd lived a very good long life. He was well into his 90s. I want to say he was 98, 99 years old. Uh, so uh, we wish uh, solace and peace and love to the family members, as I know it's always hard, no matter how old the person is when they pass away, to lose someone that's as iconic as the grandfather of a family. So interesting timing as the we are in what is called the dark of the moon, uh, the ending of the moon cycle before we begin the new cycle on Sunday. And what an apropos time, right? And not only that, the human design week just changed as well. So I'm not sure if he passed when the sun was in the gate 51 of awakening or surprises or shocks, or whether he transitioned at the time that the sun was in the gate 42, the gate of endings that bring a celebration. And I know we don't here, at least in the West, we're not used to looking at death as a celebration, but many, many cultures out there look at death as a, a transition into spirit or going back home. So they treat it as a celebration rather than uh, something to be mourned, even though the people involved, the family that's left behind can feel sad and um, you know miss their loved ones. They view it as things going back to, uh, an, into a celebration state. So that is interesting to watch uh, astrology and life sort of coincide, kind of coming together uh, in this particular time. Uh, I thought about uh, maybe next week, I'll take a look at his chart. I think it's just too raw at the moment. And, and I didn't, I was kind of shocked myself. Um, so maybe we'll take a look at his chart and his life through the chart uh, one day next week. We start the day today with the moon in Pisces. So it actually was in Pisces as of Thursday or Wednesday evening or afternoon, my time, evening maybe for you in the east. Uh, so we are still with the moon in Pisces. We're finishing up that transit. So the moon in Pisces today is squaring Mars. It is conjunct Neptune. In fact, at the moment I drew up the chart this morning, they were exact 2143 uh, and 2132 with the moon just trailing seconds behind Neptune. So they are in a conjunction as, as we speak. And a little bit later today, they will come into a sextile with the planet Pluto. So let's talk about Pisces energy because it kind of sets the stage for what happens this weekend with the moon moving into Aries uh, later this evening, uh, my time, and early tomorrow morning for those of you on the East Coast. And then the uh, new moon following just a day later uh, in Aries. So let's talk about Pisces, shall we? So today what I want you to understand about this is we're, we're going to start drawing these correlations with signs and houses and planets. So when we look at the moon transiting through the sign of Pisces, we're looking at an association with the moon and Pisces itself, an association with the moon and Neptune, the ruling planet of Pisces, and also Jupiter as a, a traditional ruler of Pisces. And then the 12th house of the astrology chart is ruled by Pisces and so has an affinity for the Piscean energy. So the things that we're gonna talk about next, the different things about Pisces energy can also be related to Neptune or the 12th house in a chart. Now they're not exact correlations because the house has a little, a, a few other things associated with it. 
uh, the planet might have, uh, the planet Neptune and Jupiter as well may have other things uh, associated with them. But you're going to see that there's this common theme of spirit that is running through uh, the three, the sign, the planet, and the house. So Moon and Pisces brings us into imagination, the fantasy of it all, right? The, the, the real versus the imagined or the real versus the ideal. And out of that can come chaos. When the real and the ideal meet up, um, there is often a bit of chaos as maybe we're waking up to realize that the fantasy or the imagination is totally off base or maybe we are in the idealism of it all and we change or affect the real world because of the idealism that we're displaying. This is also a sign placement that makes us more dreamy, more sleepy, perhaps harder to get up in the morning, maybe harder to go to sleep at night. Maybe your night was filled with dreams, literal dreams versus just the dreamy floatiness that we get with the uh, moon and Neptune. Um, what's funny was yesterday, uh, I texted a friend, uh, Londa, you guys see her out here in the morning. And I said, I feel like I'm in a boat adrift on the sea. And I did not in my conscious mind realize that the moon was in Pisces, but there it was, right? Words that I'm speaking, feelings that I'm feeling are all in line with the energy of the moon in Pisces, right? It's so amazing when that happens. Now there's more to Pisces than just the dreamy uncertainty that we um, uh, associate with it. There's also a, a, a connection to our inner happiness to, now as you, you guys know, you hear me say this many times that happiness and joy are not emotions, right? They, they're not emotions. They do not sit on the solar plexus in our human design. They're really in the foundation energy of the root center. So it's an impulse energy. It's what drives us to go out into the world. Maybe we're going out to look for happiness. Maybe we're, we're happy in a state of happiness and we move that energy out into the world. So the inner happy joy, bliss, ecstasy that comes through Pisces is not emotional so much as it is foundational and it's found in that particular sign. Here's where I went kind of goofy in my head this morning as I was sitting that with that and I'm thinking about the 12th house and the bad rap the 12th house has. Right. Remember, most astrologers, a lot, of, and there's some truth to it too, that they call the 12th house often the house of suffering. And to me, when I'm thinking of suffering, I'm thinking of not happiness, right? It's like the antithesis, the opposite of. So here we have a sign with the moon moving through the sign that is connected to those states of being that are joyful, that are blissful, that take us into that pure joy of living or happiness energy. So while the moon is in Pisces, we have access to creating that, using that energy as a, a a point of endurance or perseverance in our life, right? To, to keep going through thick and thin, finding happiness, right? Look, reconnecting, if you will, to happiness energy. Now, also in the inner happy zone is universal love. So Piscean energy takes us into that gigantic love, the one that we cannot break down into, I love you, you love me. This is the bigger, wider view of love energy. It's the universal love. It's the energy, I think, that comprises the dark matter that scientists can't find or can't distill down to what is it all about. I think it's really this invisible force that really holds the universe together. And that is more of love energy than any kind of physical um, uh, thing that the scientists can bring it down to, right? It's like gravity. We know it exists because we're not floating away, um, but you can't really, I mean, science has done a really good job of quantifying gravity, but they can't quantify that dark matter because that dark matter isn't matter at all. It's love, love energy. Um, there is a lot of sensitivity through us and around us, people that we live with or the people that we come in contact with right now, both psychic sensitivity and emotional sensitivity. Now, I just got done telling you that this isn't, you know, happiness isn't a part of the emotional field, 
but in Pisces energy, along with the moon moving through Pisces, we have a lot of sensitivity to the emotional field, to the psychic field. So we're, we're picking up the vibe, if you will, or the frequency, if you will, of people's moods, even our own moods or our own emotional feelings. There is a connection here to our mystical states, right? Well, you know, where the Sufis are doing their swirling dance and they, they move into a state of ecstasy or bliss. Again, we're back to, you know, this natural uh, foundational energy for us as human beings, right? Being in the moment, being in spirited, being in that mystical state. And the sensitivity here also brings us to compassion and harmlessness and gentleness and tenderness, being kind and gentle with one another, but also with ourselves. Now, Piscean energy also rules our higher power or our connection to the higher uh, realms. So our higher self, higher consciousness. And here's where I think Jupiter really comes into play because Jupiter here to me almost feels like an outlier until you start really looking at what does Jupiter rule in the natural chart? Well, first of all, it is the ruler of Sagittarius and Sagittarius is a sign of our beliefs, of our spirituality, our philosophy, but also uh, Jupiter rules the ninth house in the chart, which is the house of a higher consciousness. It's the house of spirit, if you will, or how we um, see the bigger picture, right? The bigger picture of how we all fit in together. So when we're looking at higher power here, we're looking at Jupiter. We're still looking at Neptune. Neptune is still the ruler here. And in that, the through higher power, we find the need to surrender, to trust, to have faith. And those three, trust, surrender, and faith also come through that Piscean energy. And in this, the, the highest and best use of this energy for us is in channeling our spiritual power. And the, in that, there's also spiritual healing. And how do we channel our spiritual power and that healing energy? Well, we have many techniques, including meditation, yoga, contemplation, prayer, maybe different healing modalities the, that uh, support our consciousness or our wholeness, our whole body, mind, and spirit, and not just the body or not just the mind or not just the spirit, but that take us into, again, the, the totality of who we are and of healing from the inside out and instead of the outside in. And of course, we have our angelic assistants or our guides, our spirit guides, or the teachers, the wise mentors, and so forth that are also part of this. And inner peace, peace. It's an inside job. I even have a book with a title like that somewhere running through my bookshelf. It is an inside job. Peace doesn't happen outside of you. Peace, as we can see, even uh, through this particular conversation in Pisces, is something that comes from the inside. It's an internal um, state of being, right? It's an internalized. When we're at peace in the inner world, then we see outside of us, projected from within us, peace in the outer world, right? It doesn't mean that there aren't things that can upset us or that the world itself is in some sort of chaos. But for the most part, what we see is inner peace gets reflected to us in the outer world right? It's not the other way around. You don't find peace in the outer world and then let it inform your inner. It has to come from inside. And we learn that very powerfully when the moon is coming through the sign of Pisces. This is also a sign of unconditional love, right? Not the love that says, I'll love you if you do what I say, or I'll love you if you become who I want you to be. This is love that's all encompassing, that loves you no matter what, no matter what political party you're associated with, no matter what your belief system is, no matter what your family of origin is, no matter what you've done in the past, no matter what you might do in the future, you have unconditional love, which says, I love you because, right? Because you are worthy because you have intrinsic value. So unconditional love includes forgiveness. It includes understanding, understanding the state of someone's um, uh, life or, or understanding the higher principles. Lo understanding is a big word that can take us into a lot of different places. There's non-judgmental thinking here, right? Not judging everything as good or bad or right or wrong or up or down or black or white, right? It all just 
is, right, in this beautiful uh, kaleidoscope that we live in, right, it just is. And then there's tolerance and acceptance and compassion for one another, for our fellow human beings, for um, the, the, the causes that people are adopting out there, for uh, the, the people who are still in chaos or still in division energy. So we can have compassion and we can accept that that is their path, right? That that is where they are. And that doesn't mean that they can't move uh, into higher states of being. It just means that we have to accept that state that everybody is in including ourselves, right? Accepting that, yes, you're human and yes, you're gonna have up days and some days you're gonna have down days and some days you're gonna be really articulate and other days you're not gonna be so articulate. So those things, acceptance, right? Um, and as well, something that we should, that we are all striving for, I believe in our hearts of hearts and that's oneness, right? Oneness, oneness between our inner being or our ego or personality selves with our spiritual selves, right? Our divine selves. So being in oneness here, but also being in oneness laterally, right? From uh, yourself to the people that you are in relationship with or to your colleagues or to your neighbors, to uh, your community, to the nation, to the world, right? Where oneness encompasses everything coming into a state of oneness. Very big theme in Piscean energy. Now, I've been off in la-la land here with all of the really cool things about Piscean energy, but we still hold um, that other frequency, the lower frequency energies, and here there's victim mentality. This is the, the, the worst energies of Pisces when they get expressed through victim uh, energy, defeatist attitudes, where we give up on ourselves, or when we think to ourselves, what's the use? I keep going and going and going and nothing's happening, so I should give up, right? No, <laughs> defeatist attitudes are in the lower frequency energies of Pisces, as well as depression and addictions and disappointments, panic attacks, and procrastination. So these are some of the things that we need to watch out for. Now, uh, let me just say depression itself is, uh, it, if it's not a clinical diagnosis, is a state where you may be not seeing your life clearly, where that you've gotten into more of that victim mode, where you feel more melancholic. Uh, it's important to note here, though, this is not a bad thing for people who are in a depressed state or who are on medication. It's that sometimes what we think of as depression is really just our movement through the lower energy fields, right? The quieter fields, the more melancholic states are the birthing places of creativity, right? So we go through those states, all of us do. In the body, um, the sign of Pisces rules the feet, right? The feet and colds and flus, those kinds of viruses and bacterial germs, etc. The feet, or I already said the feet, the lymphatic system, which is of course the first line of defense in the body. And of course, then poisoning and toxicity. So it's, it's good for us during a, a transit through Pisces. And Neptune, of course, has been here for a long time um, for us to, to look at our, our world our environment and what it is that we take into our bodies through the water, through air, through food, and make sure that we're not taking in toxins. And if we are in that toxic state, then riding the ship, so to speak, and moving us ourselves out into health and wellness. All right. And which, by the way, begins, I think, a lot of the time in the mind, right? In the mind. All right, let me say a quick good morning to everybody. Hopefully everybody's out there. Uh, I did it right this morning. Good morning, Ursula. It's good to see you with us. Uh, JLo, good morning to you. Mimi, good morning from the gallery. Yay, I'm glad the gallery's up and running. Corey, good morning. Justice for all. Good day, everyone. Good to see you. Asa, good morning. Christine Buckingham, good morning. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, good morning. I'm so glad you're feeling better. And Augustina, good morning. Kathleen, good morning. Jennifer Peachy, happy Friday to you too. Sue, good morning. And she says, oh boy, I needed to hear this today. Inner peace first. Yes. Important for us to realize that we are the motivation behind that inner peace. That no matter what is going on in our outer world, 
that we can always come to a point of peace. We do not have to be, in fact, when we're not at peace, what we're in is reaction to what is going on around us. And uh, as we've seen through human design, that is a source of trouble in our um, inner being. Kathleen says, I enjoy hearing about the moon in Pisces. Yay. Um, it's a very powerful connection that the moon there, it's like a sister energy to Piscean energy. So they, it works well together and um, it, it really brings us to uh, intuition, right? And our instinctual awareness. So we may all be having heightened spiritual experiences or heightened intuition, at least through the day today, and likely yesterday and even the day before, as that's when the moon was really moving through that, that sign. Now, uh, I'm going to save talking about the moon squaring Mars until I end up talking about Mars squaring Neptune. Uh, the same, I'm going to put off putting uh, uh, the moon conjunct Neptune into a later conversation that we're going to have this morning. But the moon sextile Pluto, this, you know, a sextile is a 60 degree relationship between the planets. So any words that you hear between planets. So when I say the, the moon conjunct Neptune, that word in the middle, the, the joining word tells us about the relationship that the two planets have with one another. So the moon conjunct Neptune means that they're both on top of one another. You can hardly see the difference between one or the other. If you are a moon person, you may have difficult, like a cancer, cancer ruled, uh, moon ruled cancer. Um, you might have trouble seeing the, the, the Neptune energy because it's just so close, right? So that's a conjunction. A sextile moves them apart by 60 degrees. And that is a positive relationship in that the gifts and the talents of the one, so the moon's uh, ability to reach into our emotional sensitivity, to be a good uh, piece of, of a timepiece for us. And then Neptune's connection to spirit, to God or source, and to our intuition, our inner knowing, they're working well together in a sextile. So today what I'm saying is the moon is in a sextile to Pluto. So they're working well together. And what's Pluto? A transformer. So in some way he's transforming or transmuting emotional and psychic energy. And that can sometimes blow up in our faces, right? If we're hesitant to actually go in and do the processing that we need to, to get square with ourselves, uh, to know what's really driving us or what's really um, in our in our spiritual dimension or what, what's holding us back, you, you name it, right? All of those things that we have to, to consider in our lives. Then today that relationship between the two planets will help us merge through that and to emerge on the other side of that transit uh, with more clarity and more ability to see the truth, right? Now we also have a void of course moon today. That happens at 4.48 PM my time. The void, of course, moon just means that the moon is not making any more new connections to planets or signs before the void is over. And during that period of time, the moon tends to wander a bit. And it's it's kind of in a, in a, in a funk, if you will. It doesn't have any real direction. So for us personally, but from 4.48 p.m. Pacific Coast time until 11.11, isn't that interesting? 11.11 p.m. West Coast time. Uh, the moon is in that quiet space. So we can do some inner contemplation maybe. Luckily it falls at the end of the business day. Uh, so if you're trying to get things moving, you're not gonna have you know, a, a wandering moon uh, holding you back. So later in the day, and for those of you on the East Coast, it'll bridge over into the morning time to 11 a.m. Tomorrow morning, the moon will move into the sign of Aries. And that begins the new cycle of the moon in uh, a new sign. So that is also our lead up to the new moon, uh, which occurs on the 11th. And for those of you in Europe and further east, that direction uh, on the 12th. So but for all of us here in the U.S., it'll be the 11th. Uh, let's see, where do I want to go next? That takes care of today. 
do, 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 Saturday, Saturday, let's look at Saturday. So Saturday, as I said, we'll start the day with the moon in the sign of Aries. And the only connection tomorrow is from the moon in a sextile to Saturn. And that works really well. And let me just remind you guys, check out either the Living Astrology community or the Living Astrology Facebook page, the, the main page. And or if you're a member, if you're uh, in the membership, you can check it out on the membership Facebook page. If um, uh, check out the graphics, the, the, the little these things that Asa does that are so magnificent. Uh, they're beautiful. She does such a great job of putting those together. Uh, I give her the words. I tell her what it means. She puts it all together in a graphic and gives it to you in a way that hopefully you can understand. So if you need more information, check out those pages and make sure that you um, understand that the transits in a deeper way, um, including the new moon and any of the new HD weeks, human design weeks. And um, uh, we're going to start actually putting the the text in writing so you can also read, um, but she also puts that text, peppers it through uh, the movies or the little videos uh, or graphics, depending on what it is. So don't forget, look at that. Uh, so tomorrow, the moon in Aries, what does the moon in Aries mean? Because this is going to be a theme for most of the weekend because of the new moon and actually even after that into Monday. Um, and this is a moon of new beginnings. Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. So we have initiating energy. We have the energy to take action in a new direction, or even just to take action on something that maybe you've been holding back from. Maybe the signs haven't been, you know, pointing you into action mode. Well, now they will be, right? Now they will be. Um, it is a sign that rules the self, right? It's the I am. It rules the first house of I am of the body, right? Of the vehicle that is housing the, 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 the temple, if you will, of who you are, your, your inner self. And in that, then all of the body things that can come up or that we might want to set intentions around or that we are dealing with in our lives have the opportunity for a new beginning. Survival energy comes through here. Why couldn't we turn survival, which sounds like just baseline, into thriving, right? So here we have the opportunity to move up a level. We can maybe move from the shadow into the gift or even into the city of thriving. Self-discovery, also a part of the Aries energy, independence. So all of those words that we can take and put self in front of. So we have self-direction, self-reliance, self-discovery, self-sufficiency are all part of Aries, Aries energy. Aries is the sign of courage. It's the first fire sign of the, of the zodiac. It is the first sign of the zodiac, which means that it takes courage to step out it takes courage to take another step after that. Aries gives us the courage, the boldness, the leadership energy to make the moves that we need to, uh, to start something new or to even, you know, come out of our shell or to, to be something different, uh, to check out the world with new eyes. This, in fact, Aries rules the eyes in the body, right? The eyes. So we are checking out the world with our senses, especially our eyes, our ears even in a new way. And of course, opening up our minds. There's innocence in this sign, right? Innocence that is refreshingly honest, uh, also authentic, right? We're chasing the authenticity here. We're looking for what is really true for us. Who am I really? And I am what you fill in that blank with is so very important during this moon, right? So I am fill in the blank should be something very positive and uplifting. And I am bold. I am worthy. I am loving, but avoid sort of the other things that we put with I am, right? The I am sad or I am, and it, not to say that it's not okay to be those things, but instead when you're dealing with what you're feeling, I feel that, not that I am that. You are not sadness. You are not depression. You are not hatred right? Those things are not who you are, but you may be feeling those things. So it's important to make that distinction. Now's a perfect time to train yourself up, if you will, to release those I am's into the positive things, the positive states of being, uh, and let go of uh, the I am in the more negative. And instead, I feel 
negative. I feel lazy. I feel whatever, right? Not that you are those things. Uh, on the negative side of Aries, which of course there always is, uh, is self-absorption. We could become too focused on ourselves. We could become selfish. Uh, we can become vain, or we can deal with things like anger and impatience. Those are big negative uh, sides of the, of the sign because the sign is ruled by Mars. And Mars is a sign of action, but he's usually in an impatient state. And I'm gonna, when I show you the, the, the graphics for human design for both the new moon, you're gonna have a really interesting aha moment when we realize that Mars is moving into the gate of patience funny, right? Patience with Mars. I wonder if that might create some frustration for people over the weekend and into the next week. Uh, so let's see, today, uh, tomorrow we start the new human design week. So let me show you that graphic first. And of course, if you guys have any questions, let Asa know. She will make sure to get me that information so we can answer questions. So as of tomorrow, we move into the third week of April, third human design week of April, where we are transitioning into actually the 10th. The 10th is Saturday, woohoo. I mean, not woohoo, but that means that um, uh, Prince Philip actually passed away while the sun was in the gate 51, which is the gate of shock. So I would imagine that, you know, we know he's an older person, but maybe it came as a shock because he was doing well. So there may be some kind of shocking um, energy out there. Maybe the people's reaction to his death is shocking. I haven't heard anything about it yet. So, um, but interesting. So it wasn't the gate 42 because that doesn't start until tomorrow. So the week uh, the human design week is about successful conclusions and how they come to us when we have patience, when we have tenacity, when we have endurance for the correct things. This isn't us hanging on for dear life to the things that are dead or to the things that aren't you know, filled with life. This is us hanging on because we know that we are in the right place at the right time with the right people. And maybe we're just waiting for the right opportunity right? That we are aligned with the correct things. And how do we align with the correct things? I wish I had sound from all of you that you could all yell out to me by using your type and strategy, right? That is how you align with the correct things in your human design. It is knowing your type and living your type and strategy and also the authority that you have in the chart. And if you don't know what that means, take a visit to www.living-astrology.com and you can take a look there and find information on human design. You can even request your free human design chart and with that comes a report giving you the quick down and dirty about all of the different parts of the of the chart and giving you sort of some insight into how it is that you're here to make the best decisions. Now, when we look at the sun, first of all, let's look at the earth because the earth is the one, right? The earth is where our feet are on the ground. It provides us the energy of what it is that we must have handled before we can get to the conclusion in this case or the energy of the sun. And the gate uh, 32 where the earth is, is called endurance. And remember, we're still dealing right now with the earth sitting at the gates that can be doubled as fear gates or paralysis points in our chart. So the gate 32 is right here. You can just barely see it. It moves from the spleen over to the root center. So it's connected to endurance energy. So here's about being patient, enduring, through each step of manifestation. Things don't always happen in the snap of a finger. Sometimes you have to wait for all the pieces on the chessboard to get aligned before you can take the next step. So don't quit too soon, right? I have been dealing with this energy. Asa can tell you it's been one heck of a week for me as in various states and forms, I was ready to quit, give up, do something different. It was too funny that I was living this week ahead of time, right? Ahead of time. Um, sun at the gate 42, when we are enduring in the right things, the correct things for us, then we can bring things to completion in order to start something new. So what we're seeing in this time period, including this new moon, because the new moon and the sun, the sun and moon are in a conjunction at the new moon, they will be at this gate 42, 
right? 42. And the gate of conclusion here is where we learn to bring things to completion in order to start something new. So we don't want to have things hanging around our necks that we didn't finish, we didn't complete before we start something new, right? So if we're going to go on to something new, have closure, have a finite, right? A finish and then go on to the, the new thing. When we look at the gene keys, what we see in the gate 42, the sun at 42 is the shadow of expectation, where we have this expectation of how things should happen, when they should happen, who they should happen with, how that should look, um, uh, the where, the when, the why, all of that uh, should be already figured out and we hold it as an expectation. The gift level tells it all. Right? The gift level here says we have to detach. So we have to detach from our expectations of how it should be finished or of how it should go. And in the end, then that brings us to celebration energy. Now with the gate 32 earth, we have the shadow is failure. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I think that the gate 32's shadow is more about the fear of success than it is about the fear of failure. I, I can make that case that for a lot of people that I talk to in the readings that I do, they're not so much afraid that they're going to fail, although there's quite a percentage of people out there that do. It's that they're afraid they're going to succeed. And what does that mean? What comes next? What do I do after that? What if all my hopes and my dreams come true? What do I do next? I mean, but, you know, so they try to meter themselves down, right, to um, not find success. So it's an interesting uh, shadow energy to be sure. The gift here is preservation and the Sidhi veneration. Preservation here is about preserving energy, right? To be able to uh, take the best and uh, of the past or of what you've learned, joining it to the new in order to preserve what's right, what's good, what's you know best. And then veneration, of course, is a completely other level of uh, preservation. And of course, of success, veneration, something like being holy or being venerated. Uh, yeah, another word. We'd have to take a, a look at that word. Maybe one day we'll just do word soup and see what veneration is all about. Uh, okay, so I'm going to stop sharing here and let's look at Saturday's other transits that are happening. There's two important transits for Saturday. And so we're still, you know, before this new moon. Um, we have one Mercury in a sextile to Saturn. So I told you what a sextile was earlier. It's a 60 degree relationship. The energy of Mercury and the energy of Saturn are equally sharing back and forth. This is a really nice energy. Here is the time for open and honest communication with one another, but also with oneself, right? Not telling yourself lies, not uh, telling yourself the half truth, but really digging in and getting to the truth of something. Now, this is a little different than being blunt. Sagittarian energy is blunt, right? Blunt that can sometimes just words tumble out without really, you know, thinking and without the filter. Open, honest communication can be, it can be blunt, I suppose, if you're moving into the shadow, but this is just about being forthright, you know, telling the truth. And in this time period, because of Saturn's relationship with Mercury here, our minds are extra sharp, are very clear. We can seek things clearly. We can make uh, understanding between relationships very clearly. Uh, so tomorrow, if there's something you have to do that requires focus and concentration, tomorrow's your day. Uh, tomorrow, our minds are very clear. We have more patience even in a way to get to where we need to go um, using our minds. Goals tomorrow, if you are working on different goals in your life, um, it might be a really good day to set yourself up for that next day's new moon. And what is it that you want to accomplish, right? Looking at the field of your life and seeing what might need to be in completion before you can get to the new beginning. Uh, goals now that are met with down to earth or practicality have a lot of uh, energy to get, get finished, right? To get to that end point. Then we also have Venus in a sextile to Jupiter tomorrow. Um, this is a very lovely relationship between the two benefic planets. Jupiter conferring 
financial fortune, perhaps, or good news financially, good news even uh, in terms of just fortune, being in the right place at the right time for the right opportunity, and Venus supplying love and romance to the day. But watch out for overdoing when we get the two benefics together, you know, sometimes just that Jupiter's involved, we may overdo, right, over drink, over imbibe, uh, overeat, over, you know, spend, that kind of thing. So be very watchful of overdoing anything. But also, there's optimism in the day tomorrow. Gratitude, being in gratitude, because gratitude is a magnet for bringing us the good things in life, the things that we really want. It is also important to remember that what you're focusing on, if it's not gratitude, or if it's something you don't want, but that's where your focus is, you're bringing that to you. So this is a really good, important lesson for us to have Saturday before we go into the new moon on Sunday, remembering that what you're focusing on is what you're attracting and you are a magnet, right? You are a magnet. All of us in our human design have an identity center. The identity center is often called the magnetic monopole. Monopole because it has only one direction. It can't repel and it can't um, attract at the same time. It can only attract. And so it's attracting what the lessons are that you need, the uh, people that you need to help you learn those lessons or the opportunities that you need in order to succeed in your life. And all of that is driven by what you're focusing on. Of course, there's other magnetics involved there as well with your hanging gates, things like that in a chart. But primarily, you have a major magnetic pull, and that is your uh, identity center. And what you're focusing on, what you're thinking about, what you're literally talking about all the time is what you're bringing into yourself, right? So being responsible for all of that means that then you can be in the right place at the right time for the right opportunity because you were in a state of gratitude or because you were focusing on what you desired, the optimism and not the pessimism, right? Um, the I desire, I love, I, uh, I'm willing to wait for the right thing. What more is possible? How can this get any better side of life rather than the more dismal sides? All right. Now, Asa, I'm not seeing any questions coming from you. I hope that's not me and my phone. Nope, I'm doing good here. So I'm going to check back over here with everybody, see how comments are rolling here. Um, Kathleen says, it feels like vertigo to hear about Aries right on the heels of Pisces. I am literally dizzy. Too funny, too funny. Allison, good morning. And she says, happy birthday, Corey. Corey, happy birthday to you. Everybody wish Corey a happy birthday. Uh, sending you tons of love and light and opportunities for financial gain, for prosperity, for abundance, for love, for success in your new year. Uh, Allison D, this weekend, Jupiter will be crossing my north node at 25 degrees Aquarius in my eighth house with the new moon in my 10th. Hopefully all will be good. Uh, no, hopefully about it, Allison. Hopefully means that there's some doubt that you're holding there. And of course, if that's what you end up focusing on, then that's what you end up with more doubt or more reasons to doubt. Instead, be happy, be absolutely happy. Now there's something really interesting too I wanna to talk about real quickly here that has nothing to do with the new moon, but that degree, right? The degree of Aquarius, uh, the north, her north node is at 25 degrees Aquarius in the eighth house and Jupiter crossing that degree. That is the same degree that the US moon sits at. So for those of us here in the United States, this is the mood of the public, right? So we are the public, we are the citizens of the United States. We are an Aquarian nature when it comes to the moon here in this country. We are idealistic. We hold to a positive outcome for the future. We as one of our core values, welcome people, right? We are people concerned. We are concerned about rights, human rights. We are concerned about allowing space for other people to join us in this country. And it's interesting to see some of the shadows out there in the world that run counter to our moon placement in our um, uh, USA chart. And having Jupiter crossing over that means that there's, there's possibility that, that 
optimism is being restored here in this nation, that we have a direction again, a direction that's taking us into a future, a, a positive, brighter, more optimistic future, despite the, pol the political wrangling that goes on out there in the world, that the people, the we the people, right? We the people are creating a more happy, idealistic, optimistic viewpoint of the future at this point in time. That's that is our gift in this nation, right? Is that 25 degree Aquarius um, position. And if you look at charts of all the presidents that have ever been and all the vice presidents even, and sometimes even the candidates that are running for president, they all have a connection to the 25 degree Aquarius mark, whether they have their own moon there or other planets there, they have a progression in their chart to that degree that is imperative in order to have that connection to the people in order to get them to see your point of view, your ideals, and to get them to vote for you. So it's an interesting aside, that particular degree. So Allison, why don't you run for public office, right? <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, or at least advance yourself in some sort of leadership capacity uh, because as Jupiter's passing over here in this degree, it's passing over your destiny, right? North node, you're designed to be idealistic, to be humanitarian, to be friendly and networking and to show up as a leader. So off my soapbox now. Uh, okay, Patricia Woods, good morning. Today her dad turns 93. Oh my goodness, wow. Uh, and happy birthday to your dad, Patricia. Uh, Allison, Patricia, happy birthday to your dad. Nice, nice, nice. Good, good, good. Um, Oh, a yes, she does, doesn't she, Christine? She says, Asa does create gorgeous graphics. She does indeed. She does, she does. I couldn't do it without her. So I'm so happy that she's good at that because, I mean, I'm not terrible at it. It's just not my forte. Um, all right, so here, take a minute to hit the thumbs up button if you're enjoying the video. Please feel free to share this video with people in your life. Um, put it in your social networks or your social media. Uh, also, if you haven't yet subscribed, hit the subscribe button so that you'll be made aware of when it is that I'm coming on live. Uh, Allison says, LOL, public office. I'm a Sagittarius sun. I know. I know. You have charisma. <laughs> you have something about you, a je ne sais quoi right? And you will not lie to people, right? You're not a liar. Well, Sagittarius is usually in the truth. That's what I'm saying about that. Justice for All says, I want to tackle a spreadsheet and some information to move toward my manifestation. I've struggled with this for a long time. The results involve family members who dealt with me in an underhanded way. Um, so the first thing that comes to mind, jumped up for me, for you, Justice, is forgiveness, right? Forgiveness forgiving that you experienced that from other people, right? That you allowed that to happen, forgiveness to them. Now, you know, we get caught up as human beings in that word forgiveness. We feel like if I forgive them, then it makes what they did correct or all right. But that's not true. Forgiveness really just means that you're suspending judgment on yourself or on them or on that situation. So in other words, it's a process of surrendering, of letting go, right? With forgiveness, then you can see more clearly, right? Then with forgiveness, you are lighter, right? You're in the light. Um, forgiveness, that's the first thing that came to mind for me with you on that. Kathleen, beautiful to hear about we the people and the 25th degree Aquarius connection with the presidents. It's very true very, very true. And so it's often the mood of the public or the mood of the people that determines who it is that gets to be the president. It's not always based on what they're telling you about what they've done or what they could do or how bad their, their um, co-conspirators are or their co-running co, uh, you know, um, running mates. It is purely about the people. What is it that we're focused on in that moment, right? What is it that our hopes and our dreams are? What's our mood, right? So when our mood is belligerent and when our mood is, uh, you know, trying to, uh, when we're sick and tired of something, then we're looking at a person that would change things up 
when we are tired of that change or that chaos that ensues with someone like that in office, then we're looking for someone more steadfast. We're looking for someone more solid. And then we see that that comes into uh, the choice that we make for the president. But um, it is about the mood of the people of the US. We, the people are the driving force. We can't blame Trump. We can't blame Biden. We can't blame, you name them out there. We are the people, right? It's our choices that are driving the experiences that we're having in the nation. And it's not just the USA that is like that. Every country has that same issue. There is a moon in a chart of every country and that moon represents the people in the country, what they're feeling, what their moods are, what they want, what they're concerned with, where uh, the natural cycles of time are taking us into some form of transformation some kind of change energy. So interesting, right? Uh, okay, I'm going to go back to Zoom because I just realized it is 10 to 9 already. Holy cow. So let's go into Sunday. And now I'm going to show you the chart of the new moon. And uh, first, I'm going to show you the, the astrology. Helps if you hit share first. Share. There we go. Now you guys are going to see the chart. I'm going to make this just a tad bigger if I can once it decides to let me. Hmm. Is it over here now? Hmm. Well, hopefully you guys can see that well enough because I'm not sure where my magnifier went. Is it here now? View actual size. There we go. It's just a bit bigger. All right. So what I did was took the time of the new moon and placed it into a chart. And that way we could see where all the planets are. And remember, a, a good chunk of, of the month's energy, the first half of, of April, was about Aries energy. So we see here, I circled it in yellow with the new moon. This is the moon. This is the sun. They were both at 22 degrees, 25 minutes for the new moon. But also, we've got Venus here. We have Eris here. We have Ceres here. We have Mercury here. We have Chiron here. So for all intents and purposes, where we talked a lot about the stellium of, in Taurus for this uh, month, we also have the stellium going on in Aries. It's just not as impactful, I think, because Uranus's presence in Taurus gives that impact, gives that punch. But here in Aries, we still have a lot of energy for new beginnings. We have a lot of warrior energy here. And we have Eris in here. We have Discord. We have Venus here. She's kind of flirty and she's kind of bold here herself. We have Ceres here. We're mothering and, and nurturing in new ways. We're taking care of the planet in new ways. We have Earth Day in April while we have Ceres, the mother goddess, in Aries, giving us a new view of what's going on in the environment of our planet and new groups and new energies out there for us to move in new directions. Right? It's only going to be a matter of time before you start hearing about all the major oil companies transitioning into alternative energies, whether that's wind or geothermal or you name it, right? Lots of different opportunities for things to start changing when we have Ceres, the mother goddess, the goddess of Earth in Aries. And then we also have Mercury and we have Chiron here. So we're learning about new things about who we are, about interdependence, about uh, being responsible, right? Being um, responsible for your own self, your own well-being, your own thoughts, and your own um, manifestations. And then Mercury, using your words appropriately, using the words of new of creation in the correct way, right? The grammar of creation, Karen Curry Parker calls it, where we are using the right words that bring us the energy of what we're desiring and not what we don't desire, right? So we have a lot of powerful energy here, and all of these guys are fairly close together. I think they're really kind of stacking the, the, the field for something new to happen or something big to happen even. And then they're in a trine to Mars. So the first thing I always do, once I note a sign has a lot of energy in it, I'm looking for the ruler of the sign. And the ruler of Aries is Mars. So where's Mars? Well, Mars is in Gemini at 23 degrees seven minutes, so literally less than a degree away from the sun and the moon in the new moon state. So we have Mars in Gemini trading ideas, right? New concepts, curiosity, following trails into new territory. And so that also helps to strengthen this particular new moon, right? Giving us the ability to see things that we haven't seen 
or to connect with, to have courage to connect with, to be bold enough to connect with the things that we hope for, the things that we want, right, in, a, in as detached a, a way as possible, um, but being able to see our, our way forward. And that's the power of a new moon in Aries as well. Uh, now I want to take a look at a little more of the details of the moon. Uh, is that the one? Yep. So let me share my screen again. And now we have the info, the April new moon, as I already said, 2225 Aries. That occurs the 11th and 12th uh, for those of us on the West Coast, 7.31 p.m. Pacific time, 10.31 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast, 2.31 a.m. UTC time. Here's a theme. The theme here is inner fulfillment and new birth, new beginnings, right? But so interesting because couched in that new beginning is the human design theme of conclusion, right? Celebrating when something's brought to an end or brought to fruition or brought to its fullness, an idea whose time has come, right? So we have some, some things perhaps that we have to, to finish up before we can really launch into that new beginning. And even in our own personal lives then, today and tomorrow, great timing for us to bring a conclusion. But so that when we get to 7.30 p.m., 10.30 p.m. Uh, on Sunday, that we have a clear way forward, right? To set our intentions for what we want new in our lives um, because we've completed something in order to make room for what's new. And we've done it correctly according to our type and strategy uh, in our human designs. And if you don't know what that means, again, go to my website, www.living-astrology.com. Get that chart for yourself and have that chart available in the mornings when we do this so that you can see what things are going on for you. Um, all right, closest aspects of this moon sextile to Mars uh, in Gemini sextile, not a trine. Sorry about that. Sextile to Jupiter and Aquarius conjunction to Eris. Here is the one that gives me a little pause because you know how Eris is, right? She's a little disruptive and she, she her, her themes where she gets really irritated is when there's a lack of tolerance, when there's a lack of acceptance, when there's a lack of inclusivity. So um, while we may be very I am oriented during this moon, don't forget to include others um, uh, in your considerations because we don't want to leave out someone. That conjunction to Eris can make it very chaotic when we do that. And other aspects, of course, Venus squaring Pluto. So what we have is a new moon that's aligned with Venus, but squaring Pluto right? So we have a lot of issues. We have obstacles to clear before we can start new things. So there may be things in our path. There may be beliefs that we have that we need to shift. There may be words going through our head and we realize, oh my gosh, I've been thinking in the negative all this time. I've got to clear that out. Uh, we may have um, our insecurities may be on display. <laughs> Certainly mine have been all week. So insecurities coming up from below the surface, right? For us to transform, not to beat you up, but to help you transform that. Now, in all of this, we said that the sun and the moon were at gate 42 conclusion, but so is Venus, right? Venus, along with the moon and the sun are sitting at this gate. So there may be things within our relationships, within our finances that are also coming to a conclusion in order to start a new beginning. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to break up with someone in order to gain freedom. That's not what I'm saying either. But there are always things in our relationships. Maybe we're holding on to someone too tightly. Maybe we have this expectation about who they should be and how they should show up in our lives. So we may have this really good energy at this time, the courage to be able to make the changes. And then when we look at Mars, and I want to check something with Mars real quickly here before... I say it. And of course, where did my book go? Well, I want to say, where did, oh, hold on, I'm going to get my bigger cheap one. My big ephemeris, ephemeris. Uh, so this is 2021 and it is April. 
where is Mars today, this weekend? Mars is at the gate 45 for the new moon. So the gate 45 takes us into new pathways of sharing ourselves, sharing our gifts, sharing our talents, sharing our resources, not only with each other as human to human, but also uh, from government perhaps or uh, institution to its to the people, uh, from the people to the institutions, etc. So sharing of our resources um, also encourages us um, to find opportunities, like to be open to finding opportunities, to be resourceful, resourceful, and to be confident in the way that we show up in the world. So we have a lot of support from a lot of planets during this period of time that are going to help us to be courageous, to be bold, to step into the new, and to bring us, you know, ways that we can see our lives, different ways that we can look at ourselves that are, are going to help us create more, um, connection to the truth of who we are or what we truly want in our lives. So I find that this new moon is the most powerful one. Usually it is anyway, it's the most powerful one of the year because it's in Aries. It's a, it's a, a given, it's giving us new beginnings or initiating energy. Uh, this one just happens to also take us a little bit into completion before we get to that new beginning. So nothing to worry about here at all. Um, you know, Venus in that square to Pluto um, can affect, uh, can shake up a bit in our relationships, but it would only be doing so if there were weaknesses in those relationships, things that you are already aware of, um, things that you've just maybe been letting slide or let go. So this is about empowering yourself and empowering others. When you're empowered, others around you are empowered as well. All right. Well, that is it for me today. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Happy new moon to you all. And if you have questions, you can certainly post them in the Facebook groups uh, or the Facebook page. You can email them to me. I'd love to hearing from everybody. Uh, that is it. Take care. Happy weekend. Bye for now.